Hey now, welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. Our guest today is now former Iowa men's golfer, Alex Shockey. How's everything going with you? It's pretty good. Thanks for uh, having me on. This is hopefully going to be a blast. I've, I've had some people say that um, this is a pretty fun podcast to be on, and um, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, sweet. Love to hear that. Um, I'm assuming some of those people might have been some of our other golf guests. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I assume. Love to hear that, though. So my first question for you is now with your Iowa career being over, what's kind of the next stage? I've seen some stuff on social media about you going pro. What's kind of what's that looking like? What are some of the things you've been doing lately? Can you kind of give us the scoop there? Yeah. Um, so this year, the NCAA did a new thing called PJ Tour University, um, where if you finish inside the top 15, you get some like status on. Um, what's called the forum tour and it's basically a like a development development tour up into uh, into the corn Ferry tour um so i guess if you finish so i finished 13th out of the top 15 and i got full status on that tour so um those events start here in about two or three weeks and um I, I'm, I'm gonna play all eight events that there is and if you finish top five and um, the point standings, then you get a good, you get like basically full status on the corn Ferry tour for next year. So just doing those, um, some, you know, the Iowa open, um, a few other things here and there, but those are, those are the big events this, this summer. Great. Um, so what are you looking forward to in this like pro experience that you're kind of going to have, like getting your foot kind of in the door there? What's kind of yeah. the parts you're looking forward to from an experience side and competition standpoint yeah I think the competition is gonna be really good um I finally get to compete against my brother again which is which is awesome so yeah I mean I've I've these guys on the tour that I'm gonna go on um are were guys that a lot of them were in you know seniors in college when I was freshman and so you know they've had just as much time to develop and and continue to grow their game but I'm just looking forward to you know making money especially um you know this is my job now which is kind of weird you know to think I mean I get a I get to make money playing a sport um which isn't really fair to a lot of people but um yeah it's pretty cool uh just going out there competing I love I love competing so going out there and, and playing against you know some of the, the best players in the world um will definitely be fun and being able to, I love to travel as well. So being able to travel to all these different places, you know, I get to go to Georgia here in, in a few weeks and, and play in my first event there. So I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. That's awesome. So you've won big 10 player of the year two times. So what has that experience been like to, you know, there are so many other accolades, you know, first team all big 10 and all these other records you have as a Hawkeye, what did it kind of mean for you to leave here? You know, not just winning Big Ten Player once, but winning it twice and all the other things that kind of came along with it. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's really special. Uh, I, I guess nobody in the program has done it twice. I guess COVID helped me out a little bit with me coming back and, and winning it a second time. So, um, you know, I give thanks to that, I guess. Not really because it's COVID, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I had a good year and, you know, we didn't have a great team last year. We, you know, we were in some develop, development stage with some younger guys. Uh, and then we kind of just caught fire this year with, you know, some of those younger guys learning from last year and, um, you know, stepping up and playing well this year. 
And, you know, I, I give credit to my team for, you know, pushing me to win that award at each year. I mean, I had Matthew Walker my junior year when I won and he was, you know, right up there, up there with me, um, pushing me every day. I mean, me and him were, you know, the top dogs on our team and he was, you know, I, I didn't like to lose to him. He didn't like to lose to me. And that just pushed us, you know, harder and harder to, to play better and, and compete. And I had that this year as well with Mac McClear. Um, he, you know, big 10 champion, um, also won another event, which is awesome. So, um, Hopefully I can, you know, find that person out there on, on these many tours. Maybe it's my brother and I've been playing with my brother a lot. And he's been playing really well. So hopefully I can, you know, find that person to push me and, and you know, hopefully I can, you know, win some more awards. But, you know, my, my end goal is to be on the PGA Tour someday. One thing you have in your Twitter bio that caught my eye was that you have that you're a COVID senior. Yeah. What What is that like? Like put in the words what that was like for you and, and like you've just alluded to and like what you just said. It was your final season, but it allowed you to accomplish some of these things. Like what was that like for your final year here? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, there was nothing really going on in the golf world um, during, you know, COVID. There was um, mini tours happening, but they weren't really doing any qualifiers to get on tours. So I thought it was like the perfect opportunity to come back with this PGA Tour University thing, um, you know, allowed, you know, some guys to have a chance at um, getting some status this year. And I took you know, full advantage of that. And uh, but yeah, it was a fun year. I mean, um, you know, I was joking around with, you know, my teammates and my parents that I was a professional amateur because I didn't play, I didn't play, or I didn't, uh, I didn't really do much school. I mean, I, I did a leadership certificate, um, this whole year, which doesn't mean anything, um, <laughs> it was something, something to stay eligible. And, uh, I got through it, you know, shakily, but, um, here I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm here now and, uh, we're all done with school now. I never have to go back. So, yeah, like that's that's something I like to talk about with people who I know have just graduated. Like once you finish school, you graduate like that's over. No, no more school. And like you've said you want to be a pro golfer and like that is now your job. What is like a daily routine like for you? Like, do you just get up and you're like, all right, time to eat breakfast, stretch, maybe go for a run. And then I'm just going to go hit balls. Like, is that seriously what it's like for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I wake up. um basically at like 8 30 every day well, I'll try to get up at 8 30 um at the course by like 9 30 I usually beat balls on the range for like an hour and a half I don't I'm not really too technical with anything so I just you know get myself back into form for the day um you know hit some putts do some drills on the putting green and then uh I like I like playing golf and that's kind of where I get my confidence so um you know get a tee time here at my home course which isn't too hard and uh, go out and play with, you know, whoever it is, my brother or um, my swing coach or honestly, whoever. And, uh, you know, shape my game out there. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, the best way to, you know, perfect something is to just, you know, do it repetitively. And um, I kind of have that same mindset when I go out on the golf course as well. Doing things repetitively, repeatedly, whatever. Do you have any superstitions that you just can't go without doing? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm very superstitious. Um, I, I literally can't wear, I mean, I have to wear black socks. Like if I don't wear black socks, like I'm not playing well. I'm not like, and I, and I tried in at regionals, I, I wore like these long gray socks under my pants and I shot like eight over the second round. And I was like, this is not happening again. Um, and then I always mark, mark my ball with a quarter heads up. 
Um, what kind of what year? What year's the quarter? I don't, I, the no. year doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I, I've I've used this. I don't even know what quarter I have right now, but I've used the same quarter this whole semester. I've, I haven't gotten rid of it. So, um, and then I always have to have two T's in my right pocket. I don't know why. It just I, and then that's it. And um, there's some super. I don't know. There's there's just little things that. It, people notice but I, I i don't really notice them anymore because it's just kind of part of my routine no yeah there was one superstition it's eerily similar to yours i think it was dustin yeah. johnson he yeah. had the quarter and he yeah. it has to be isn't it have to be in the 1960s because he wants that's, to shoot into the 60s yeah, that's dj's i i'm not like that but um yeah i definitely just yeah, I use I use a quarter heads up. I mean, when I when someone makes me move my mark, I I just uh, I flip it to tails just so I don't remember or I, that I remember that I moved it, so I make sure I move it back. But like, other than that, like yeah, I'm I'm pretty superstitious. And at like what age and at what point in your career did you realize that you had this superstitious trait where you had to keep doing certain things over and over for comfort in your own game? And like, were you like, oh damn, like. I got to keep doing this over and over and it's just something you got accustomed to or we're like, you just cool with it from the jump. I mean, I think probably like, I was like, I just like, was like, let's just try it one day. And I probably played like really well. And I was like, okay, I have to do this every single time now. Yeah, I don't think there was like a certain, you know, point in time or like a, there was no build up to it. It was just kind of like, probably like, Oh, I did this today and I played really well. Like I'm, I'm just going to continue to do this because it works. Is like, and one thing I like to ask a lot of my golfing friends, some of them wear hats when they go out and some of them don't. And it's, I don't get why. And sometimes they won't when it's sunny. Like, do you yeah. always have to wear a hat or do you sometimes just drop the hat and go no hat? Uh, I wear a hat. I, I usually wear a hat. I mean, I wear a hat mostly every time. Um, when I'm out, out on the range and it's, you know, sunny and it's 85 degrees, I'll take off the hat just so, because I have a pretty bad tan line up here and it's pretty white. So I'll try to get some sun on it, but yeah, I, I think I've taken off the hat once in my life during a round and it was my senior year at the, at, at our home tournament, like in the fall. And I was like six over and I was playing like some of the worst golf ever. And I was just like, screw this hat. Like I just tossed it in my bag. It was like making me all sweaty. I, yeah, it was weird. What have been the best conditions for you in a golf tournament or when you're golfing by yourself, whatever? And then what are the worst conditions to play in? Hot, cold, rainy? Oh, gotcha. um, so actually I was in Naples um, playing at Calusa Pines. I, okay. I don't know if you've heard, it, yeah. heard of it. And uh, we had a tournament there this year. And it was like 85 degrees, like blowing zero. And um, that was like the only time I had worn shorts this um, this whole semester. And so I brought out the shorts. I played pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's like 85 sunny, like blowing zero, like those are perfect scoring conditions for, for golfers. And usually, you know, we can shoot under par. I mean, if you're not playing well, like, yeah, it was a tough course too, but if you're playing well, like if you can get those conditions and you're confident, like you can, you can take it deep out there on the golf course. And then my, oh, what was it? My sophomore year at Finkbine, it was like. 35 degrees raining and like blowing like 35 miles per hour and I was it was brutal like we had to like shorten the shorten like the the tournament um we played the first round so we played a practice round in the morning the first day 
And then we played the 18 holes in the afternoon, which is like, that never happens. And then we played 18 more holes the next day, which was the brutal day. And it was only 36 holes when they're usually 54. And then I remember, because Nebraska was at that tournament, I live in Nebraska, so I know some of the Nebraska guys. They told me that it took them like seven hours to get home because it was snowing when they were driving home. Yeah. It was that bad. That's brutal. Yeah. I, I thought you were actually going to say Naples for worse because sometimes when it gets too hot here with the humidity, yeah. you talk about sweating on a golf course. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. <laughs> True. So actually, one thing I want to ask you before we dive into more of your golf career and things like that, Jack has asked a question before on the pod to other golfers, which is, what is a tip you'd have for bad golfers where they're just not very good? What would the tip be to improve? And what's the thing that they shouldn't do that a lot of amateur golfers do that like would annoy someone like you? So I'm a big believer in like, if you, so a lot of amateur golfers, especially like guys who think they're really good and like, and like, well, they don't think they're really good, but they, they, they have, you know, go out there and be like, Oh yeah. Like I can shoot 80 and then you go play with them. They shoot 90. They, you know, they try to move the ball two different ways. Like they try to hit draws. They try to hit cuts. Like, I think like the biggest thing that I've taken away from being in college is just to try to, you know, know your game really well, like just swing your swing and whatever way the ball goes, just play the, you know, play that shot. Um, if you hit a big slice, then you hit a big slice and just aim it way left. Um, you know, slice it back to the fairway, but and then there's, yeah, the things that annoy me with, with golfers is like a lot of amateurs just don't know how to chip. Like they don't know how to, you know, their short game is terrible. And when they get like, they're like three steps off the green and they're trying to hit like a wedge shot. Like, like, I'm like, just, just putt it. Like seriously, just, just pull out your putter, putt it. Like I promise you, you're going to play way better. Even if you're in the rough, like you're like, just putt it. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what, what's oh, the, scary. what's the worst golf etiquette that you have ever seen? in like a collegiate tournament and then just casually if you're just out on a round off season whatever um i would say i mean i think it was like two years ago like this kid i don't i'm not gonna name names or anything yeah um it was i don't even remember what it was but the kid like would never touch the pin like he would never pull out the pin would never put in the pin and like that's like that's fine like if like you're gonna get like if you're gonna go like fast like and you're gonna putt first like that's fine like I'll grab the pin or if like if you're not gonna put the pin in at least go to the next hole and hit but like this kid would just stand on the side of the green and like just take his old time like look at his phone like you think it was like a com like wait was this like during a college tournament oh yeah yeah so did he think it was some sort Ooh. of like competitive advantage that he wasn't pulling the pin or it might have been some superstition honestly I don't know that is it's true but. Yeah, I don't know. And then, I mean, you see all the time with amateur golfers when you're just playing, like, out at your home course, like, people walk through your lines all the time and um, won't rake bunkers, and which is, I mean, which is fine. But, like, I don't know. It kind of annoys me because I'm, I'm playing competitive golf, and, like, I always do it. So I'm just like, it takes two seconds of your time. Just do it. <laughs> no. Have you ever seen anyone with metal spikes on? Because I saw there was a lot of talk about Bryson DeChambeau's metal spikes. I didn't. I was just curious if you've ever seen anyone with metal spikes on. I, I haven't. No, I'm, I don't even know what those like, like what the difference is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Bryson, I mean, he swings it so hard. He has so much lower body movement that he probably needs it. 
So, but I've never seen it. But yeah, that that whole thing with him in the in the middle spiked and him and Brooks Kepka is just it's been wild. Are you Team Brooks or Team Bryson? Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I just asked that type of question, but it's a kind well, of a thing nowadays. It is a kind of a thing. That's um, a tweet, Jack. It, it it is. You're talking in tweets now. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I don't know. I've so I like I didn't like Brooks that much. And I liked Bryson because, like, I like I like people who just bomb it. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. And now, like, after Brooks, like, after seeing how annoyed Brooks was with Bryson, like, I kind of like Brooks now. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it, it makes me like him more. I think. No, I was just I, I I have a lot of friends who are split on that feud between Brooks and Bryson, and both sides think they're right, and both sides are backing two of the best golfers right now. Yeah. And being a golfer, obviously, you watch it nonstop. You play it nonstop. Would like, who would you say your game is more similar to, or are Brooks and Bryson's game rather similar? I'm not really too like in on how they play and what their styles are like, but like, which side do you think you would sway more towards? Probably, probably Brooks. I mean, they both hit it really far. I don't hit it like super far, but um, Bryson tries to hit a big draw. Um, I hit a cut. Brooks kind of hits a straight I don't know um some I would just say someone who drives it well um I, yeah because I, I I drive it well someone who hits a cut I just I love seeing a cut when I see a draw I just almost puke for some reason I don't know why so it's probably because I used to hit draws and like now that I've gone to a cut like I, it just looks way better but um is that just really, like one of those natural things where you were just naturally a draw and you were like, I want to get rid of that immediately? Yeah, it was actually funny. So my freshman year, I was like, I wasn't very good. Like I would like, I mean, okay, this is gonna sound bad because like I like 76 scoring average, which is good for <laughs> a lot decent. of people. Good for <laughs> a lot of people, but like not good for a college division one college golfer in a power five conference. And you know, I just wasn't playing well for myself. And it was actually the the last round at Big Tens. And I'd hit draws my whole life. Like, I had, and I had no idea where it was going at that point in time. And I was, like, 12 over for the tournament, like, in 50th place. And I was, like, I stepped up to the range that day. And I was, like, I just got to change something. And so um, I was, like, I'm just going to hit cuts the whole entire day. Like, no matter if the pin's on the left side, like, I'm going to hit a cut. No matter if it, the hole call, calls for a draw, like, I'm just going to hit a cut. And I ended up shooting four under bogey free. And ever since that day, I've never, I've never purposely hit a draw like from the middle of the fairway, unless I'm like behind a tree and have to hook it around. Like I will, you'll never see me hit a draw off the tee ever. And your coaches are completely like on board with this whole philosophy of yours to just not even go that route. Oh, I, I didn't tell them that I was going to know. I didn't tell them. <laughs> I, didn't, I was no, they didn't walk with me. They're like, this guy's hopeless. Like, this guy's not going to help the team. Like, I'm going to go walk with someone else. So I, I didn't really tell him that day. But um, after that, you kind of saw how I was playing. And then I was just like, like, I need to do something different. And so um, he was pretty cool with that. And uh, went back that summer and started playing pretty well. Got some stuff done with my swing coach. And, um, yeah, I started playing really well after that. So would you say that was like one of the key moments of the evolution of your game kind of from freshman to COVID senior year? Like what are some of the other things you kind of saw 
change from your game as a competitor and as just a golfer technically um, from your freshman year shooting 76 to where you're at now? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the biggest thing. I mean, um, I had heard like, I've always tell people like who they, people who hit it, you know, right to left or left to right, or they do both. Like I'm on the range for half the time because all I'm doing is working on left to right shots. Like it's just half as much to practice. Like if you, if you really think about it, like you don't have to practice hitting draws and fades, you just practice fades. So um, yeah, I feel like, and you know, like, if there's a left pin, like, and it calls for a draw, like, if you can get really good at hitting a fade, like, you know, and you know your ball is going to go left to right, like, it doesn't matter where the pin is. Like, there's the greens, the greens, the same width, like, you're going to hit, you can hit the green no matter what. And so that was definitely, I think that was probably the biggest moment in my golf career in my life, um, doing that. And then, I mean, just being out there and getting the experience on um, college golf courses. Um, they're much similar to, you know, PJ tour courses, um, I guess like hardness wise. And so just getting the experience, um, there and playing against some of the best players in the world. And I've played in some pretty big tournaments, um, a couple on the corn Ferry tour and just seeing that it just, you know, it, it made me smarter as a golfer, um, made me more mature. And I, and I just, you know, don't really take anything for granted out there on the golf course if you know it's just golf and I've realized that and if you if you play bad you play bad I mean there's always another day to you know make it up and um that's kind of how you know I've shaped my mindset over the last four years what are some of the key tournaments or moments on the course that have been highlights for you some of your favorite moments whether they were victories or whether they were just specific individual shots or can you kind of take us through some of those moments yeah, actually, this year was definitely my favorite moment since I've been in Iowa. Um, it was at, it was in Georgia at Sea Island, and we, we won the tournament. And uh, I was playing, so because of COVID, they, we were playing in carts for some reason, which is really weird. And because of COVID, we got paired up with one of our teammates. So I was playing with Mac, and we were like down, we had like seven holes left, and we were down by like 12 shots. Like we weren't even thinking of winning at this point. And out of nowhere, like I chipped in on, like I chipped in on one hole, the next hole I dunked my chip, like it went straight in the hole. And then I went birdie, 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 par birdie. And I was like, oh my God. And then as I was playing my teammate, my teammate finished the round birdie, 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 five birdies in a row. And then we ended up winning by one. And it was just, I mean, our coach was there. Our coach was taking videos of it. It was, it was probably the most ridiculous thing I had ever seen on a golf course in my life. Like it was, we were like unconscious. That's so sick. Yeah. So, I don't even, I don't even know like how to follow up on that. Like that's how yeah. many, how many, how many birdies out of both of you in that last uh, like stretch? I birdied six of the last seven. Yeah. Mac birdied the last five. That's, that's insane. insane. You guys literally were unconscious. Like that's what do you, how do you even come back to the course the next day? Like you had to have felt shitty the next day when you like grab a club and you're like, well, this is nothing like what I did yesterday. We felt pretty shitty. Not because we grabbed any clubs. It was because of other reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, you know, it's, it's something that you got to experience like once and, um, 
it makes you work harder. I, I think failure makes you work hard, but I think success makes you work even harder. So that's kind of what I saw from my team after that, because we started playing really well. So when you're in a moment like that, are you in like a trans moment where it's just like, you're not, you're not thinking about anything or are you thinking about something like what's kind of going through your, you know, once you do the first one or two birdies, are you in celebration mode in your head where it's like, Oh shit, I, I just did that. Or is it like, I just got to keep playing through this. Yeah. It's, you just got to keep playing. I mean, our coach came up to us. Um, me and Mac with five holes left before Mac went on his his birdie run and he's like okay all these last five holes are all birdie holes like let's go like we're gonna need it Um, and then it's yeah it's crazy like when you get in that mindset like it it doesn't happen very often Um, and it's crazy that you know it happened for me and Mac at the exact same time Um, you kind of just it it doesn't it's not really a, a thing until you get on the greens because when you're on the green and you're in that mindset, the hole looks like, like it's seven feet wide, like you're not going to miss. And it's just like, you're going to hole every putt, no matter how far you are, you can you know, be aggressive. And knowing that if you do miss it, like you're going to make the three or four footer coming back because that's just how confident you are. And yeah, it's just, it's a cool feeling and, and having someone there to just push you like my coach did and, and tell me like, okay, like you can do this. Um, it really helped. So like you you said a few minutes ago, like how success makes you want to succeed more. So when you're coming off of that, is there any takeaways or things you try to replicate in your practice or your training to try to carry some of those feelings or um, making the whole field seven feet wide? Like, do you try to like bring any of that into other um, tournaments or practices, things of that nature? Yeah. Um, I think I, it's hard to like practice it because like you don't get into that, that frame of mind, but, um, you can think about it. And so like when you're not, you know, when you're not striking it well in the middle of round, like it's just, it's always a really good thing to put like positive mental images in, in your mind. And so, um, just focusing on that. And we did a lot of like mental training at, at Iowa and, um, it's weird, but like breathing exercises and a lot of people do that. And, um, just to calm yourself down when you get in tough situations. And so, yeah, looking back on, you know, what we did that round, um, it really set us up for, you know, having a, a strong finish to the season. Oh, uh, well, well, yeah. One, one question I had, uh, I was creeping on your Twitter and you gave a take in, I think it was January about Patrick Reed and his embedded ball. And yeah. I always want to ask like to a golf fan, someone who's in the sport, is yeah. Patrick Reed really a threat to the game of golf? Because everybody makes him out to be this super villain. And I mean, the guy is not the best guy. Like he's obviously broken rules very clearly and he's okay with it. But like, he's, he's still there, you know? Like, yeah. I think a lot of people like make him out to be this horrible guy and not to say he is the best guy, but I mean, yeah. he is a professional golfer too, and he's still there. So I just wanted to get like your take on it because I mean, you are pretty close in the sport. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty bad what he does, but like, if you think about it, like a lot of sports have that guy, they, mm-hmm. there's always the villain in every sport and someone you don't like and someone everybody doesn't like. And I think he likes to be that guy. And I think he takes it a little bit overboard sometimes. Um, he clearly has cheated, you know, a couple times I, in that certain situation. It's weird. Cause like, it, it was a weird situation, but 
to an- right there was like a, a lot of like specifics that went into like the yeah. ball being embedded and him grabbing it and like there's a technicality to where he can but yeah. and a lot of people like casual fans just did not realize that but they already had that preconceived thought that yeah. he's he's a villain you know yeah yeah so if i mean if it were jordan speed doing it or tiger woods like nobody's gonna think anything of it but since i mean he had cheated before in the past like yeah like people think about it but it was totally i mean he had total right to pick up his ball i mean he marked his ball he told his playing competitor like um i'm hey i'm gonna check and see if this ball's embedded and he clearly thought that you know it was he called he, he set the ball aside he kept his tee where it was so he knew where his ball was and he called a rules official over it was like hey like i think my ball's embedded like this this lady who was standing here said she didn't see it bounce and he could he probably just didn't see if it bounced or not so that's why he asked and so they came over the guy felt it did bounce like if you could see it on camera like the ball did bounce but he didn't know that and so he felt he felt the rules official fell down there and they decided that it was an you know it was embedded um it probably wasn't embedded but you know you could probably feel under there that there was some sort of like like mark or something and he he got a ruling honestly like i would have done the same thing <laughs> like that's the thing like if someone wants to make me a villain villain because I, I say that like that's fine but like that is that is under the like that is under the rules of golf that you can do that no like kind of going in the same vein it, it, do you see that as like sort of an indirect problem for golf is that there are a ton of technicalities to it to where there are loopholes like Patrick Reed has clearly just shown like he can't technically grab the ball and like that might piss some people off but is there a lot of that in golf or do you think that's just like one situation that's been magnified to the nth degree I mean it's been magnified I think there are there are a lot, a lot of situations like that but you know with the with the integrity of the game and like golf etiquette these days like like you just don't cheat like like that's the thing like you, you're in call like you could yeah. you can cheat so like if you really really wanted to like you could cheat so much in college golf there's nobody around like nobody's watching you that you're playing competitors or you know they'll be 100 yards away sometimes mm-hmm. like you could fluff up your ball if you want but it's just the integrity of the game like you, you just don't do that is is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Have you ever caught anybody trying to like move their ball up a few yards or like anything like that? Or um, no, no, no I've, no, I'm trying to think if I've ever caught someone kick cheating. their ball a little bit or anything. No, <laughs> no not that severe. I mean, I've, I may have seen like a kid like accidentally whiff a putt. That sounds really weird. But oh, he, no, like, that sounds like something I could do. Yeah, he it, it was like a foot away, and he like just went up and like tried to like Kobe Bryant fade away like the putt, <laughs> and like went right over it and like said, "Oh no, I wasn't trying to hit it," and then just taps it in. And it's like usually those kids are the ones that are shooting like 120, and you're just like, whatever. <laughs> so in those moments, do you try not to chuckle, or do you just completely blow it off? I I laugh. I usually laugh when that happens. <laughs> I, mean, I do. It's, I mean, it's happened to me. Like, I'll, when I'm just out, like, playing with my brother, like, it happens to me. Like, usually we give each other putts if it's, like, a foot away. And, like, sometimes you miss it because you, like, try to putt in it backwards or whatever. But I just chuckle when that stuff happens. We, we've, when we've talked to some other golfers, they've talked about in their training or when they, they're playing and they get a little, they need a little, like, competitive boost. They start to play games with themselves and stuff on the course and create different types of challenges. 
do you do any of that type of stuff like just play mental games with yourself while you're out on the course or is it kind of just straightforward where you're just kind of playing and no I definitely play mental games with myself that's something that I've gotten really good at I feel like um whereas like so let's say you're on a par four or a par five and you hit a bad drive and you got to like basically lay it. You got to lay up like, and it's a really easy par five. You can get there in two. It should be a birdie hole. And I hit it in the rough under the trees or something like, and I punch out to like a hundred yards. I try to like trick my brain into thinking, okay, this was a par four and I just hit a really, really good drive. And now I have a hundred yards. Like just to like get that positive like mindset instead of that, I just hit it into the trees and I had to punch out like darn, like I had to do that. Like this was an easy birdie hole. I just basically try to change my mindset to think, okay, this was a really, really, this could have been a 700 yard four and I had a 600 yard drive and I'm a hundred yards out now. Like that was an unreal shot, like whatever. I do stuff like that. And that's real severe. I don't think a lot of people do that. Um, but I like changing it up a little bit, like what I think in my head. And there's a lot of times every round, there's something that goes wrong. Um, whether it's hit a bad drive, I mean, golf is not a perfect game. You're, you're never going to perfect it. And so being able to kind of get a good mental mindset is huge. And I do play, yeah, I, I, I play games with myself in my mind to definitely just try to trick my mind into thinking that I did something good after I did something bad. Yeah, that's really interesting. One thing you touched on earlier was when you, that I wanted to ask you was when you were at um, the Sea Island tournament, you yeah. had to drive in carts or whatever. Do you yeah. prefer driving a cart on the course or do you prefer walking the course? Which one do you like more? Um, well, I like, I like riding more. Like it's, it's less work, but I feel like I play better when I walk. Um, I think that's just because like, I think through everything, like, like it takes, like it takes, obviously it takes a little longer to get your golf ball. Like I can think a little bit like longer about what I'm going to do next or think about like, stuff I need to fix where it's just not like immediate like I'm going to hit the next shot like so it just gives me a little bit of time to think um when I'm walking but when I'm out like playing with my brother and some friends like yeah we'll, we'll we walk a lot more than we ride but um I like riding I mean you can get done in two and a half hours if there's nobody out on the course and that's pretty nice what do you like to do when you're not golfing? I mean, obviously you've said golf is not your job, but you, you can't just do it 24 seven or else you might go crazy. And some people, I mean, they can, but like, what do you do when you're not golfing? Um, My girlfriend's got me on a pretty, she does. I mean, my girlfriend is an energizer bunny and I live with her right now and she's, she's like a workout fanatic. Like obviously I'm not a workout fanatic. Like I'll go with her sometimes, but she took me on like a 21 mile bike ride the other day with her parents. I had never <laughs> biked in my life. And we literally went 21 miles. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah really. It was bad. It was, well, it wasn't bad. It was fun. Right. But it was brutal. Like, so bad. Uphill, so, downhill. Yeah. Like, you, you going like, all terrain? It was a trail. So it was like, okay. it was pretty flat. But like, when you're going like under bridges, under highways and stuff, like, you got to go down, then you got to go back up. So like, we went 11 miles, well, 10 and a half, and down to like some like, village place i don't know and we ate like lunch and then we had pizza for lunch which didn't help the ride back <laughs> oh and so we rode back and i got back and I, I fell asleep for like three hours and i was like this is not for me <laughs> but yeah i mean 
I'm big into UFC. I, I, I watch a lot of UFC videos. Um, my brother kind of got me into that. And, uh, and I play video games too. I play Fortnite a lot. I, I don't know, just kind of something to do. And I have some free time. Is there any fighter in the UFC that you like to follow? Or is it just whenever there's a main event or a card on, you just tune in? Um, I mean, I, I follow it pretty closely. So, I mean, like, I'm obviously a big Conor McGregor fan. Um, and then Sean O'Malley is kind of an up-and-coming guy. And Sugar. Yeah, Sugar Sean. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I like watching it all. Um, there's been some really good ones on. And there's actually a big boxing match this this week with – Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. So I'm going to get into that as well. So. Let's, hold on. I want to dive into that because we haven't yeah. even talked about this on the pod. Yeah. I, Logan Paul, I don't know. I think he's weighed in at just under 190. I could he was be, on first take this week too. Yeah. And he, he pumped it up pretty well. But like you could tell he knows he's going to lose. Mm. Like it's, it's set. He's going to lose. But you can't sit there and just say like there isn't a ch- outside chance that logan paul like actually gets one on floyd and we said the same thing about mcgregor when he went into the r- the ring with floyd and i mean floyd controlled that fight and ended it when he wanted to yeah but logan paul is 50 pounds heavier like eight inches taller i, yeah. I, I you don't see these type of fights in boxing like they have weight classes for a, a reason yeah, yeah. i think and I've said this a lot. I don't think Floyd Mayweather is going to get touched, to be honest. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I, yeah. And and he's – I yeah, I don't think Floyd would give up his – or, like, put his – put risk on his oh. perfect record just to fight Logan. Logan yeah. Paul, yeah. Know? Like, he know like, I, they're making a shit ton of money doing this. Yeah. And I yeah, think – Logan's I, getting millions to get knocked out. That's – Yeah. I think that this is gonna. This is just a publicity stunt, a little bit, um, just to make some money. I think they're trying to go and win. I, I do, but I think Logan knows that like he ain't gonna win. Like, because I mean, when Connor Connor fought Floyd, every time Floyd got in trouble, he would just turn his back and just look down at the ground, and then the referee would have to split him up. And, that, and I think that he's gonna, just gonna take that same same route. Well, the same. Uh, Jake Paul just announced today that he's fighting Tyrone Woodley. <laughs> he's gonna get, Tyrone Woodley's gonna destroy Jake. And Paul. I actually think Tyrone Woodley is going to maul him. Yeah, straight up, like going to get hurt. But I think Jake Paul is actually like, and I don't know if like I can say Logan too, but I think both of them are actually like there to stay in that type of fighting circuit, like yeah. this call out fighting because it people want to watch it. Like this yeah. is the most talked about fight right now. I, I can't like the UFC cards they've had this year have been impeccable, but like yeah. single event hype, I don't know like what better you can do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, he's everything Jake Paul's doing right now is perfect. I mean, to fight Ben Askren, who is not a striker at all, but someone who was really high up in UFC, like it was like, okay, he could win. Like he could win. And then he just completely knocks him out. Like I think, I think Jake Paul's actually doing this really well. How long do you think you could last in a UFC octagon one round with any current on roster UFC fighter? Oh, not, not if they went from right off the bat, not 10 seconds. I don't <laughs> think, I mean, they would leg kick me once and I think I would go down. Like those things hurt. What would you say your strong suit would even be if you got in the ring? Would you be like a, an actual like brawler go ground game? Where are you going? 
I lay on them. That's about it. <laughs> he brings a driver into the ring. Yeah. Into the octagon. Seven iron. <laughs> this is getting to the dumb dumb uh, question part of the interview. Yeah, well, I have a few. I, I have a few, too. Um, well, going off of that, too, what do you think of in the golf world of all the match stuff with, like, Phil Mickelson? I love Brady. Shit, like, what do you think about that for, um, you know, the golf? from a golf standpoint for publicity for golf and all of that, like, does it even like get your interest or do you just think it's a complete joke? Like what's your thoughts on that? I like it just for the sole fact that they're like mic'd up when they're doing it. Um, the first, the first one with just tiger and Phil, like mm-hmm. that was like a waste of $50. I thought, <laughs> to watch. They didn't talk. They didn't, they didn't shit talk at all or anything like that. So um i didn't even watch it i bought it and i didn't even watch it like that's that's and then they had the one with like brady and peyton manning and that one was that one was cool because i felt like brady and manning were kind of bringing it to each other and there was some good golf being played i mean it was it was just fun to watch and then i think well there was another one with like barkley i think and yeah it's fun, fun to watch barkley and try to hit golf balls. <laughs> yeah i think it's good for the game i mean um we're trying to grow the game and i with covid i mean this year the game has grown so much oh yeah um just got i mean it was like basically the only thing you could do for you know six or seven months and so um i think it's good and uh especially after phil winning the pga i think a lot of people are going to tune in i I was just going to say sam like one of my favorite things with the match was like specifically the tom payton one was you have those pro golfers in Tiger and Phil, but then you have like amateurs and Peyton was a stick. Like he was nailing it. Tom, Tom was iffy. And it really showed that like skill gap from people who play a lot when they have free time and the people who literally play for their life. Like you can see that gap. And I thought it was like, it was the first time you could see it like side by side. I mean, I don't know how many pro-ams they televise, but that was like one of the first. And it was really cool to see tiger sticking it on the hole and then you see tom just skying it over the entire green that's that's what we came for and like that was really cool to see i didn't mean to barge in sam but that was like my favorite part of it was just amateur golfers think they're the shit and then they watch two pro athletes go against real golf pro athletes and they got smoked completely smoked it's it's cool to see like these guys like tom brady is the greatest of all time in his sport and he's, you know, known as a really good athlete. And he goes out and just can't. I mean, he lays a goose egg. Like, he doesn't know how to hit it. Like, it's raining. Like, he, he has no idea. His his microphone's falling out of the back of his pants. He's all over the place. His but pants that, are ripping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was really fun to watch. Well, and you talk about it growing the game. Like, my little brother actually being in Florida, he literally went from playing no golf at all to playing two, three times a week with his buddies and stuff, always going out and now. Um, I think he thinks he's a little bit of a pro, but, you know, <laughs> I, I still get videos of him, you know, hitting things into the water. So I don't think he's there yet. But ha- like with COVID and everything, have you had buddies of yours who don't golf or are very, you know, poor golfers in terms of your standards try to challenge you and be like, hey, let's go out and let's run it. I've been playing for three, four months now because of COVID. Like, let's go out on the course for nine, 18 holes. Yeah, I've had there's some there's some guys at school that just like were like oh like I started it just started like I'd be at like the bars or something or I don't know and like hanging out with friends and um, 
I'd have people come up to me like, oh, I just played golf. Like, we got to get out sometime. And I'm like, I got to play golf with a lot of damn people this semester. <laughs> like, and, but I, then like my actual friends, like I'll play with and they're like, yeah, like they're like, yeah, I've played more in my life now um, because of COVID than ever. I mean, there's nothing else to do. Um, but like here at home, like I play with the same people basically every time. And I haven't really seen it since I've been home, but back there in Iowa city, like, it seems like every person you run into, like, and that like, like knew me or knew someone on my team was like, Hey, like we need to play golf sometime. Like, like I've, I've been playing like a lot lately, just having online school and everything like that. So, um, and it's crazy because some of my teammates were doing, you know, their zoom classes on the golf course. And it's just like, like, you know, it's, it's, it was crazy. The school year was really weird. And, um, but it's cool to see that there were so many people out there playing golf. Yeah. What are you going to miss about being in Iowa city? And like, what are some of your like favorite restaurants in Iowa city or places to hang? Um, Like, you know, can you go into that a little bit? Did you guys both go to Iowa? Yeah, we yeah, we're we're, we're right seniors now. at Iowa oh, going into okay. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh man, um, <laughs> I'm gonna miss Monday night DC's wings. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good deal. Yeah, that's Monday night unreal. football and those wings were like an absolute mood for the Bears games. Yep, I know that. Yeah, and so that you know, that's kind of a that the wings were good and i mean all right don't call the wings good they were they were so nice they were so they were good enough i didn't want to say they were i didn't want to say they were bad and then you guys say oh they were good no there's there's i i call them they're suffice like they're i'm not writing home about them they're suffice yeah and then um i'd say some of my favorite bars were like brothers going to brothers was pretty fun um my like early on like my freshman sophomore year like I was the summit kid like I was like, going to summit. <laughs> like you weren't a union kid you were more of a summit I, kid. I, that was freshman year that was like yeah Thursday night unions like yeah right and um but and then just hanging out with my boys I mean those my guys on the team were just you know my best friends they still are my best friends they're you know we had a we had a golf group chat this semester and we always do like on snapchat and you know I feel like I, well, actually, they're not even taking me out of their group chat because I wanted to stay in with the, and just kind of see. And that's where they do all their, like, oh, like, what time are you picking me up to go to the golf course type thing? And, like, I'm not going to be there. But I, like, I just like seeing all that stuff and um, knowing what they're doing at all times is pretty cool. That's dope. What does being a Hawkeye mean to you? Like, as, you're, as you just kind of concluded your career, like, looking back, like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean – that this university gave me everything. I mean, um, being a graduate from the university of Iowa, being a, you know, a golfer there, um, you meet a ton of new people and, um, I bleed black and gold. I mean, I was a Husker fan before I came to Iowa and not many people like that. And I was, I was even, I mean, I was still even a Husker fan throughout, you know, my first semester there. And then I went to football games and I went to basketball games and I became friends with all these athletes who lived on my floor. And, um, and I, I've, you know, now I hate Nebraska. Like I, I, I stand their football program. I can't stand the fans. Like, and my dad's a fan. I can't stand him either. <laughs> and, uh, but being an, being a Hawkeye, I mean, that just, you know, that has power to it. I mean, there's everywhere I went when I'm in Naples, when I was in Naples, I mean, there's Hawkeye fans everywhere when I'm wearing the yeah. airport traveling. Um, there's, you know, 
when we're in the Cedar Rapids airport, I mean, there's Hawkeye fans everywhere asking us for pictures. And I just don't think that there's any other community or um, culture at any other school that's kind of like that. Um, You know, there's, I mean, we're kind of small town, Iowa. Um, There's a bunch of small towns around and it's just very personable. And I, I really liked that. So one final, final question if you could choose one pro golfer to play 18 with, who would it be and why? Um, I mean, easy answer, Tiger Woods. That's chalk. Uh, yeah, obviously you'd yeah. say Tiger. Uh, let's think here. I'm trying to think. I would say um, probably Jordan Spieth. I love Jordan. I don't know why. Like Jordan's like one of my favorite people to watch. Um. I think he he makes the game so much fun. Like honestly, he the way he talks to his golf ball, like what was in the air, the things he says are to his caddy or anything like that. I just think it's really cool. To like hear. what? Like what? Give me one example. I have no idea what he says to the ball. Does he like? Does he personify the ball and make it seem like it's an, an actual object? And he gives yeah. it like okay. Yeah, he'll be like he'll hit it. And be like oh sit 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 like yeah. Oh, and then he'll land. And be like oh no go 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 and be like and then he'll talk to himself like he'll like hit it in the rough and they'll hit it out of the rough like 20 yards and be like oh that was the thickest rough ever like and just the way he like he has thoughts in his mind that every golfer have but he, it just it comes out of his mouth instead that's awesome I, I, golf needs that kind of player i want to change before this is the question i think we should end on jack the real final like the, the real final, final question, question. Yes. is if there was a UFC fighter you could golf with, who would it be and why? <laughs> I I would honestly be curious of what percentage of that roster can play like a round of golf. <laughs> I would I would love to know. Um, let's and not like snap all the clubs. <laughs> I would say I, um, probably Sean O'Malley. He's like my favorite UFC fighter. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't He's, I mean, I, dude, I watched Sam, him. you laugh. That guy is straight entertainment. Yeah, he he, he hopped on the Takashi no, six face, nine just look. When you say it, cracks dude, me up. Sugar baby, he hopped on the Takashi look, and he like knocks people out so he can back it up. Now, it's it's the perfect storm. I could I agree with that a thousand percent. Sugar's the man, Sam. You can you gotta check him out. I don't know why you're laughing over there about him. He can I knock mean, your ass out. Me? No, not you, uh, Sam. What? Have you have you watched any of his like highlights or anything? No, no, Sh- I haven't. Sugar, oh, Sugar Sean O'Malley is low key like he's up and coming like one of the more exciting. I mean, he's already there, but like he's he's entertainment. He's he's he, yeah. I I would say like it, it's so cliche, but like, he's a mixture of like a McGregor and Masvidal type of flair, where yeah. he's so cocky and he just thinks he can knock anybody out at any time, and he looks like a goof. So it's even better. He fought a guy. He fought a guy named Cheeto Vera, and I don't know where he's from, but his flag has like the, like blue and yellow colors. So he dyed his hair blue and yellow. Because, <laughs> oh. and, and then he got and then he got beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good, he's a good guy. I follow him on Instagram. He smokes a lot of weed. I don't do that, but like yeah, he's Sh- Sugar Sean, baby. <laughs> Guy's a wild card. Well, Alex, we, we can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm sure everybody that listens is going to enjoy it and. I mean, if we don't talk to you for a while until you come back on, good luck being a pro golfer. I mean, you get to wake up every day and hit golf balls. I mean, what could yeah. be better than just striping them all day? So yeah. 
uh like always guys check out our socials do all of that engage with our stuff and not the same time same place we will see you guys later